hey, uh, Thurman, I got an email from the security company, and they, they asked me to review some footage of the uh, back door at HQ. And uh, I think you might be involved. You were here over the weekend, right? Mm, maybe, but I mean, it's just off the top of my head, just hearing this, I don't, I don't think it's something we need to look into. We can probably just brush it under the rug and not look at that tape ever. They said something, though, about a guy running around in a man thong. You know, and I, it wasn't me, so. There's no telling if that's true or real. Nathan, did you put on a man thong and run around HQ? I mean, I would call it a G-string, but yeah. into the bro four squad podcast uh we're here as is tradition to give you guys a review on moon knight season one episode two titled summon the suit i'm brian banner here with nate thurman and let's just get right into it nate acting and cast what you got um yeah i thought the intro of uh layla which was kind of the big focal point in this one um was Good in general. Um, May Kalama, Kalame, um, the actress's name. I'm, I'm not too familiar with her, um, but I thought, thought she did great. I was going to touch on that real quick. I mean, nothing really outstanding. Um, but um, Ethan Hawke came back into this episode. Um, really liked his performance. Um, it was kind of cool seeing him get in there and try and play buddy buddy um, with Steven for a minute. I thought he did that really well, and he kind of moved in and out of the um antagonist role um pretty seamlessly through their conversation in the in the uh neighborhood that he ta- that he takes him to so um th- yeah that, that was kind of the real standout performance for me um from this one was was ethan hawks i know some other people may disagree but um it, it was short-lived he wasn't in it much but i really liked his performance on this one i i echo everything you just said um I think that May Kalamawe, is that right? Kalamawe? Kalamawe or Kalame, I'm guessing. Okay. Uh, anyway, I thought she was good enough. She did her job. She didn't try and outshine. She didn't overact. She didn't underact. She she did her job. She stayed in her lane. And we're going to sound like we're beating a dead horse here or a broken record, but Ethan Hawke and Oscar Isaac, they just absolutely destroyed this episode again mm-hmm. i mean yeah and i i i really was trying to talk about other people and wanted to talk about other people fortunately there isn't a whole lot of other people in this episode no i mean we got a lot of um we got a lot of dialogue or a lot more dialogue from han shu um yeah. and off the top of my head i'm not sure who voices him but i can probably pull it up real quick um f, f. Murray, murray abram abram um, not not entirely sure what what to feel about this character at this point or this being this god, um. But um, back back to your point, yeah. There, there's not too much going on. It's it's a lot of them. It's a lot of them uh, 
Ethan Hawke and Oscar Isaacs bringing a lot to the table. Um, and it may just be because a lot of the meaty dialogue, a lot of the most important dialogue is coming um, from them, but getting some uh, Mobius and Loki vibes. Um, they're playing really well off each other. Um, yeah. You've kind of got Ethan Hawke, a new introduction, um, just like uh, uh, Owen Wilson was to the Marvel Universe. So um, getting a lot of parallels there, and I'm, I'm liking their dynamic. Yeah, they've got some good chemistry. They they kind of know when they they feed off of each other really well. Uh, I felt like, yeah. Um, and I'm excited to see where we end up at the end of the season because obviously they're gonna they're gonna be foes the the entire season. But I'm I'm looking forward to that cat and mouse game between them. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty. That's pretty much cemented in now. Um, yeah. Ha- halfway through the episode, I was like, hold on. What, what is he doing here? What is he trying to do? Is he trying to <laughs> buddy buddy with him? But then, yeah, it quickly switched back and said, "No, fuck you. I want the uh, the scarab." Yeah. All right. Speaking of the scarab, let's move into uh, the story and plot. And again, this is episode two, titled "Summon the Suit," and the IMDb description, as Mr. Horns always reads, says. With little time to react, Stephen is thrust into a war of the gods as a mysterious partner arrives. Spooky. Uh, I'll I'll kick us off here. Let's do this. It. Ep- this episode was good. I liked it. This they did a lot of telling us here. They're, they threw a lot at me really fast. I feel like we're really thick in the weeds, and I wasn't ready to be this thick in the weeds yet. Yeah, I uh, I echo that. And we talked a little bit off pod, but I didn't want to get too deep into it to leave some for this. But um, man, yeah, after the first episode, I was confused. I was intrigued. Now I'm confused and less intrigued. Yeah, and the, you put it a good way. Like they threw a lot at you. You had to process a lot. Um, I'm still liking the show overall, and especially like the visual effects and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, with the introduction of Layla and trying to figure out their dynamic now, um, what does she know? How much does she know about his backstory? Um, I, I understand like her trying to break through and like figure out his new persona. That kind of got frustrating, just them going back and forth a little bit um, and not being on the same page, which I understand where it's coming from. But yeah, but. To that point, too, like, if you see this guy, but it's not the same guy that you knew before, wouldn't wouldn't you be raising some more questions? Wouldn't that be, like, I don't know. She was just way too cool with this guy coming and basically, and having a split personality. So she's got to know, right? Yeah, I, I'm kind of on the side of I don't understand why she wasn't kind of – prodding why he was like this or what was going on she was just like this isn't you stop it stop the charade like yeah there was no there's no empathy which i get is kind of hard from on her side because she is his wife uh, right but there's obviously something yeah i was gonna say there's something there their wife they've been partners in in this archaeology stuff or mercenary stuff i don't know which it is maybe it's both fuck i don't know yeah um, um Good. But then she comes in and, and saves him in the little community. So, like, there's obviously I, – I, yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand that relationship. I 
am intrigued by it. I, I think you put it really good. This this is a very confusing story, but there's enough other things that are good around it for me to still enjoy. The acting is great. Even though I don't know what's going on, I know it's good acting. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, score, I know we don't talk about this much on, on TV shows, but the score is really fucking good here. Uh, I don't think yeah. And if you if you sit there and think about it, and we'll get into a little bit more in best scene, but there are some specific scenes that because the acting is so good and you're locked in of what they're saying, all of a sudden you're like, hey, this music is really driving the emotion that I'm supposed to be feeling here. Yeah. Uh, and I thought that was a real positive of this. Uh, but yeah, there's just a lot of they threw a lot at us with meeting new characters were essentially we met really mark we met mm-hmm. uh what's his name the egyptian god hokshu yeah. whatever his name is we met uh his wife and so out of five main characters in this episode we met three of them today yeah for the most part mm-hmm. that's a that's a lot thrown at me i'm not that sophisticated no um but yeah, they, yeah, like I said, there's a lot thrown out. I mean, there was a lot uncovered. Um, Haro, um, Ethan Hawke's character, uh, reveals he was Avatar for Kongshu uh, at one point. I don't know what happened. He cheated. Relationship broke apart. Not it sure. Like, yeah. Might get some backstory on that later. Um, obviously get into Stephen Grant's um, actual persona. I don't know. I think Mark, Mark Spector. Um, I, yeah, yeah Mark Spector, um, mercenary, um, did maybe some shady shit in the past. Um, may have been close to death at some point. Honshu sa- saved him. Um, it sounds like. Not sure if that plays into why only certain people, him at this point, can see the jackals and can see Honshu. Maybe it's kind of like a Harry Potter thing with the Thestrals. You have to like die or get close to death. Um, Ooh. Or just be. Um, I know I'm kind of already getting into theories. I'm all over the uh, place. I yeah, let's hold that thought because that just gave me a theory that I probably won't remember when we get there. But yeah, Um, so yeah, back to it. I think I think this is cool. uh, Kind of jumping ahead to the end of the plot story um, section of of the pod. Um, Mark is in control now, so it's going to be I'm excited going forward. So this is where my intrigue comes back. Mark is in control um, where we will potentially get some background on him. Uh, different interactions with him and Layla. Um, so that'll probably provide some more clarity there. Um, but yeah, just overall, there's still a lot of mystery out there and a lot I don't know about. Um, I know Moon Knight is pretty well established in, in the comic books and there's a lot of shit there that I don't know. Um, so kind of coming in this one a little blind, but um, I, I still have faith that I'll, I'll, uh, I'll grab some traction here shortly, but um, I would rank episode one ahead of two at this point. Uh, I think I would agree with that. I, I'm i with you. I'm not super familiar with Moon Knight and the comics. Um, but regardless of what the story is, and even to this point being as confused as I am, there are all, like you said, there are all those other things that are so good. I still think I'm going to enjoy the series moving forward and, and have an overall positive experience. Yeah, uh, I agree. All right, let's move on to best scene. Let's uh, we'll switch it up again. You go first. Um, so my best scene 
is the very end scene when I get to see Oscar Isaac with his shirt off. Wow. That's not true. Um, Don't lie to the people. That, that was honorable mention, okay? All right, all right, fine. That, that one will be honorable mention. Um, uh, best scene, I, I mean, this one's kind of elongated. It may be taken, taken from you, but... Um, I mean, the, the whole scene really when it starts whenever he does uh, – Stephen does start to summon the the suit, um, which is kind of a funny gag when he finally yeah. is falling to his potential death and finally calls out for the suit. Um, Stephen's never seen the suit before. He doesn't know what it looks like. So whenever he says suit, this is what suit pops into his head. Yeah, um, that was – that scene was my honorable mention. I Oh, good. That scene yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah, so – um so he pops into just a, a regular white kind of blazer three-piece yeah, nice little three-piece three-piece three suit um and then it's funny because you get a little light interaction between steven and mark at that point um and then seeing steven come into his own and try and break out of his comfort zone and actually start fighting um the jackal that's after him at this point um that haro is has unleashed on him. Um, so, so it's kind of a cool part because he's realizing that, ah, oh, shit, I have this suit on. Um, I'm feeling a little powerful. Yeah. Uh, I think I can take this thing on. And he does realize like, I may not have the full skills of Mark, but there's something in there. And if I can unleash it, I think I can take care of this myself and not let Mark in. Um, ultimately he figures out, okay, I need to let Mark take care of business. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, I'm in a little over my head here, <laughs> but yeah, that, that whole scene, you got a little levity in it. Um, you got some, some character building with his, his confidence. Um, but then you get that, um, multidimensional interaction with, with Mark and, um, Steven again. And that leads right into really our first, uh, action set piece of Moon Knight, which was uh -huh. pretty cool too. Yes. Uh, of the actual Moon Knight, not him and, you know, a three piece, him in the actual, uh, Egyptian armor or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So what was uh, your best scene? So my best scene was actually right before that when uh, Haro is basically interrogating uh, Stephen Grant and saying, yep. hey, you know, this is what we're here. He, you know, oh, Hanshu is saying this, right? Yeah, he's probably saying that. And he's getting it all right. And, you know, I used to be the avatar. The back and forth. And Trying again, to play like the I good said guy. earlier, yeah, the, the cat and mouse game that both Oscar Isaac and Ethan Hawke are playing in that scene. It, I, I think Jeff said it last episode. This might be some of the best acting we have ever seen in the MCU. Potentially. Uh, I mean, there are some I, good moments, but so yeah. far top to bottom, at least those two actors are just killing the game. I, I would rival, like I mentioned earlier, um, Loki, Loki and Mobius, um, most of their interactions I, throughout were a little more lighthearted. They even had some sentimental moments. That's what um, I was going to say is they were more yeah. buddy friends where mm -hmm. these guys are more I, – I guess Loki and Mobius are more like frenemies, I would yeah. say. And these guys are definitely you know different sides of the street. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, definitely agree. Yeah, they're putting on some some good acting. Yeah, it was, it was a good uh, – good zoomed in dialogue moment where you got to actually focus on them talking to each other, bouncing off each other. Um, and you didn't have too many external factors playing in that you were distracted by. And I mean, they did that for a reason. So you would yep. focus on what was being said. Right. And I, that's 
my point exactly, or you just took the words out of my mouth. That's my bad. I don't even know what I'm fucking saying right now. Now, <laughs> now, now, meow. Uh, this that scene also beat out of the dialogue. The dialogue was interesting and intriguing, and that's where I felt like they gave us so much of the story. And I, I got, I, I think I got consumed in it. If that makes mm-hmm. any sense. Yeah. Yeah, for um, sure. So I, I think that that's good of how they kind of slowed everything down. They just said, hey, you guys do you and make sure the audience understands this, this, and this. And and I think they did a pretty good job with that. Yeah, we definitely learned a lot um, from that scene alone that added to the story in the background. Yep. And then obviously it leads into the big action scene and your best scene. So. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it was, it was a nice sequence there. All right. You got anything else? Um, no, I All don't. All right. This is Horns' favorite part of the show. Theories and questions moving forward. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, what you got? You go first. Um, so rounding back on one of our theories <clears throat> from the first episode about who Oscar Isaac is calling, um, leaving voicemails for, um, now I can't remember in the first episode. Do we know it's his mom? I think so. I think he says mom at some point. Late as gators. Late as gators. Late as I believe. Gators. I believe we know it's his mom. Yeah, I thought so too. Okay. Anyways, we thought she was dead. Um, Lila had an interesting uh, comment in this one. She said, "Oh, you're talking to her now, or talking to her again." Um, I'm not gonna throw out the possibility that she's not dead yet um this could just be like a coping mechanism and she knows what it is um and him just talking to her in quotations is just him leaving voicemails he's done this for a long time um and this is supported on um some of the comic book things um because apparently mark specter's mom died whenever he was young um now i they obviously can take some liberties and change this up just for the series i don't have to stay 100 percent close to the comic books um but long story short i'm sticking with that theory still that she's dead um even with layla's comment um i think she's still not with us anymore uh i'm gonna throw some crazy shit on the wall here let's do it so we know hashu is a egyptian god and we know that is it Amit? Uh, uh, Amit? Amit, yep. That Just is another Egyptian god. Yep. Is Amit Hanshu's mom? And somehow, because Hanshu is, we'll say possessing, I know that's not, that's, that's a really, really loose uh, term for, for what's actually happening here, mm-hmm. but he's possessing Stephen Grant, Mark Spector, whatever. So he they are calling mom in quotations here when hanshu is really trying to call out to amit i said it was some crazy Mm. shit on the wall and i literally just came up with it as we were talking (laughs) so if you couldn't figure out that it's only like a three quarters of a thought yeah it's like a it's like a soft boiled egg yeah it's not all the way there yet. Yeah. Man, if they pull that, that's, I mean, that's some, 
deep thought. If they pulled that, I'm going to look like a fucking genius. Yeah. So it's like subconsciously reaching out like the phone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Subconsciously. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. Okay. So he's actually calling like a real number that's not Amit, but you're saying just that's the one vehicle that they're trying to use to get out there. But yeah, like that's that's the Easter egg telling us that Amit is Honshu's mother in Egyptian lore or whatever. Gotcha. Could be it. I don't know. Yeah, because I I feel like that could be some sort of bombshell later on. Yeah. Or not a bombshell, but maybe a a nice little reveal. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to have some flashbacks for Mark. I think that's probably going to how they're going to tell a lot of his background now that Mark is in control of uh, the body at this point. Um, I think we're getting some flashbacks. Um, just looking at the the cast, the person who's playing Wendy Spector, so his mother, uh, Fernanda, Fernanda, yes. Andreda. I don't know. She looks pretty young. Um, I think they're going to flashback to some some kid, some kid moments. Going to get some real deep. Um, therapy type shit that we're going to dig into um, from his childhood that maybe has shaped the way he is. Um, uh, I, I can see that. And I can see that being the next episode where Mark yeah. basically sits down in front of the mirror and tells Steven, like gets him up to speed, like, Hey, this is what I've been doing. Uh, and maybe while his wife is there so that she could kind of fill in the blanks of, uh, when he's Stephen Grant, now that Stephen is is the inside person and and doesn't have control of the body, I can see him telling his story uh, up until that point and how he got there, using that as the the vehicle. And uh, the last thing I have, and I'll let you go with whatever you have left in the tank. Um, and this may be another thing that's explained in the comic books. I don't know, but I'm just assuming at this point, and this hopefully gets explained like why steven even exists um which may come into play with some flashbacks and stuff um but at this point i'm just assuming mark has been through through some shit in the past through his mercenary work or whatever he's obviously done some dirty shit it looks like um but steven just seems like a coping mechanism so he's completely shut down his body he himself has created a whole new personality um, it's not really the effect of anything else. It's him trying to cope with stuff he's done in his past and distance himself as much. Him kind of protecting from, himself. Yeah, protecting himself. himself from those memories by shutting them out. So, um, I can see that. I can get yeah, behind that. That's my theory as far as that. He is a Stephen is a coping mechanism for Mark, so he can actually continue living his life. Um, fuck! I just had a question. I I agree with that. I think that would be awesome i think that is a uh very realistic that's probably one of the most realistic possibilities that we've ever said on this show i'm bad at like far-fetched shit so i i keep it pretty close to the chest most of the time (laughs) (laughs) uh so i've got a question for you i remember what it is now so we know that mark has done made some kind of deal with Hanshu, right yeah 
what was that deal? Like, was it just like, hey, uh, you let me not die and I'll do this stuff for you until you're ready to move on? Or is it something more sinister than that? Is it possibly keeping his wife alive? Like something happened to her and she was on the brink of death as well. And he said, I will do your bidding if you save her. And maybe that's that's why Honshu wants her body so bad. I don't know. Mm, um, I, I think at this point, if I had to guess, and that's a, that's a really valid question at this point, because we're not too sure, but, um, I'm assuming Mark was close to death. Honshu came and saved him while he was in Egypt. Um, but the deal was that they needed to find the scarab if they didn't already have it. Uh, use that scarab to find Amit and then do whatever they wanted to with Amit, kill him. That's the or- other question. So does Mark and Leela or Layla, do they want to kill Amit and stop her from coming or I, I guess I'm confused on what who wants what obviously her Hera wants to resurrect her right me me too uh yeah yeah but what, it, like I said keeping up with uh, all of this shit and trying to piece it all together um in this one episode was cumbersome to say the least so yeah, I'm not sure exactly like what they want with Amit as far as Honshu um, but I, I feel like that's their end goal because they really want the scarab and Hunter's pretty pissed that Mark slash Steven lost it. Yeah, I, this is, this is going to get us off topic a little bit, but I, I fear this is where Marvel is going to start to struggle a little bit with these six episode miniseries is, is that they're trying to pack all this stuff into six episodes. So they leave a lot on the cutting room floor or they kind of rush things uh, as opposed to making it say eight episodes where they can stretch it out a little bit more to explain this stuff in a way that dumb, stupid people like me can understand it a little bit better without having to like pause it, do some research, watch it again, ask some friends. Yeah. And like I said, in the first uh, review, this is Marvel's biggest swing for the fences for their Disney Plus series that they've done so far. Yeah, um, I mean, it's the this is the first standalone. Like, we've never met anybody that's in the show before. First standalone, and, I mean, it's just a super complex character. Yeah. And they're trying to squeeze... I mean, I don't know if... The only... Be- this, this tells me that they've already got a second season in their head i would think so and now at this point i'm like they're trying to squeeze into a six uh six episode series could they have done a better job with a movie i don't know that may have been even tougher i don't think so i don't i don't think they could have made a movie i don't know if they could have figured out the pacing to make make it make more sense um yeah but yeah i mean it's just it's just a tough series to to pull off like i said still have full faith that i'll be in a better spot at the end of this series. Um, but after episode two, I am, I'm confused, but like I said, like the visuals, like the acting, it's keeping me going. All right. I got one more question for you. Let's hear it. So we learned in episode one that there are nine, uh, Egyptian gods, I believe that 
all do different seven? things. Nine or seven. Seven, yeah. nine, seven, something like that. Either way, there is more than just Amit and Hanshu. Yeah. Right? Is it possible that somehow Leela or Layla, is it Layla? Layla, yeah. Layla. Uh, could she become an avatar for one of those other either five or seven gods? Yeah, I could I could see that happening. That'd be kind of fun if they did that, and then they both joined in for the search for Amit at some point, um, and then they both had their special powers to help fight and find find Amit. I could definitely uh, see that happening. This is just a note that I just thought of, and and I think it's kind of significant. I think we're gonna be in Egypt the rest of the way. We ended this episode in Egypt. I think that is where we are going to stay for the rest of the series. Mm, yeah, I could see that with a small caveat, like the very end, like the last five, ten minutes of wrap-up and resolution, we go back to London. Um, and potentially, mm, man, this is tough, fit, fitting Layla in there. Um, but then trying to maybe get Stephen back into his life, his normal life. And then, very last second, in London, something happens that kind of leaves a cliffhanger for the second season. Either that or he somehow ties into a movie somehow. Maybe maybe Wakanda forever? I don't know. Could be. I don't know. There's probably rumors flying out there somewhere. Yeah, probably. I mean, hey, we can make some shit up, too. We just did. It's called the Bro4 Squad. You guys can find us on uh, Twitter at Bro4Squad. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, just Google us, Bro4Squad. That's three words. And uh, you'll find us. We're pretty much everywhere you can get anything ever. Walmart? Except for Walmart. Damn it. That's the one place that Cycli has not been able to secure a contract with. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Till next time. For the American Hero, I'm the Mad Scientist. We will see you next week for Moon Knight, Season 1, Episode 3. <laughs> Did you that, was a, that was a weird little inflection. Season in there? Season well, yeah, season I don't know. One. I, yeah, Season 1. Episode 3. Episode 3. 3-3. Three, three. Mm. Show.